All right. It's great to see you this morning. And I want to welcome you all. Thank you for joining us. I also want to say hi to all of our friends and guests who might be watching online. This is Labor Day weekend, and it's a great time in the life of our church for you or your family to get connected and grow in your faith. I do want to preview a new series that's coming next week. It's called Jesus at the Table. And you'll see in this series that throughout the Gospel of Luke, one of the central features of the ministry of Jesus is the table. And whether Jesus is at a party or just hanging out with people, sharing a meal, many times, frequently throughout Luke's gospel, people are encountering Jesus at the table and their life is never the same. And so we're going to be looking at many of those stories in, gospels, in the gospel of Luke and we're going to be asking, how can we open our home and our table so that we can see lives changed by Jesus Christ? What if we began to see Jesus work at our table? So that's going to be a fun series. Today, we're, we've come to the conclusion of our series on the book of Proverbs. And uh, we have been looking at this book. Proverbs is God's wisdom book. And we've covered many important topics in the book of Proverbs, from our work to money, uh, relationships, how, how do we effectively communicate or uh, respond with emotional intelligence. We've looked at all of those things. God has so much wisdom for us in the book of Proverbs, and I hope you'll continue to open this book as you need wisdom for your life. Uh, but we need to realize, as it says in the beginning of the book of Proverbs, that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And God is real. He is our awesome creator. And the wisest thing that any of us could do is to trust God and to follow his plan for our life. He gives us wisdom for life. And keep pursuing God's wisdom. Keep studying the book of Proverbs. We are going to close out this series today. And what I want to talk with you about this morning are our relational conflicts, our relational challenges. You ever had one of those? And how do we respond in those moments with wisdom and grace? I heard a great story about a mom who was making pancakes for our kids. Uh, in our house, I'm the pancake maker, so it could be a dad, but in this case, it's a mom. She's making pancakes for her two boys, and they started fighting about who was going to get the first pancake. Well, the mom stopped them, and she saw that as an opportunity to give her kids a lesson. So she said, boys, you remember how Jesus responded and how he thought Jesus would not have argued over who was going to get the pancake. He would have given it to his brother so she encouraged the boys. She said, now, can you be Jesus to each other and do what Jesus did? Well, the boys got really quiet, and they were staring each other down, and the oldest boy said to the younger boy, you be Jesus first. <laughs> I love that. God desires peace for our relationships, but we encounter many difficulties in our relationships. Anyone ever have a conflict with another person? Maybe you're in a conflict right now. I mean, we could just go ahead and title this message, Dealing with Friends, Family, and Coworkers. <laughs> At some point, somebody's going to be difficult. Somebody's going to get on your nerves. And maybe it's a frustrating coworker. Could be a, just a neighbor who's rude. It could be a, somebody who's mean at school. Or uh, maybe it's a close family member that just doesn't seem to to be 
with you on your side, whatever that is, we will all encounter difficulties in our relationships, in our life. We can't prevent those conflicts from happening, but we can choose how we respond. And that's the opportunity before us today. God has given us wisdom to make a different choice. And how do most of us respond issues in our relationship? Well, not very well, and I'm speaking from experience. Uh, I never handled conflict very well, and especially as somebody who came from a family that seemed to constantly have conflict in my home growing up, and we would get mad and frustrated, and we just don't deal well with conflict sometimes. But look at what Proverbs 16.7 says. This is interesting. Proverbs 16.7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isn't that interesting? God desires that we have this peace in our relationships. And that's the invitation today. When our ways please the Lord, when God gives us wisdom for our relationships, even our enemies can begin to move with us towards a place of relational peace. And I'm encouraging you today because this life-changing wisdom from the book of Proverbs has absolutely improved how I respond to relationship challenges. Uh, I have had many opportunities to apply and to put into practice what I'm sharing today, both uh, as somebody who has come from a family with a lot of conflict and as a pastor, I navigate relationships with people all of the time and um, I've grown in my response. You can ask my wife. She will testify. And I'm excited to share just some of the insights that I've gleaned from the book of Proverbs over the years and as I've sought to apply this to my life and have seen God bring greater peace and harmony in my relationships. So here's the idea that I want to share this morning. We'll put up the next slide. Resolving is greater than reacting. When it comes to issues in our relationships, resolving is greater than reacting. I think sometimes the problem in my conflicts in the past or in our issues and challenges is in our relationships is most of us tend to react rather than resolve. And Proverbs is going to show us two common ways you and I tend to react. It's going to highlight those. You'll be able to maybe identify your most natural reaction when difficulties come up in a relationship. And then we're going to see to get along with people to have better relationships. We've got to resolve our people problems and not just react to them. In other words, resolving is greater than reacting. And Proverbs will give us skill and wisdom to be able to do that. So let's open with a word of prayer and then we can dive into our message today. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you're an awesome and holy God. What a joy it is this morning to sing about the blood of Jesus that has forgiven all of our sins. So thank you, God, for your cleansing power. Thank you for your love and your goodness. And today we're coming to you asking for help because there are many challenges in our relationships. We uh, sometimes are hurt or uh, are, are struggling, and we ask that you would help us today. Give us wisdom so that we can be relationship resolvers. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Resolving is greater than reacting. That's our take-home truth. We're going to see two ways 
that we naturally default to our, in our reactions. And the first one is this. Some of us are exploders. So some of us, uh, when we get angry, we express our anger outwardly. We are exploders as a default that some of us tend to be that way. Uh, maybe you heard last year about the fight that broke out at Golden Corral. Did any of you hear about that down in Ben Salem? Oh my goodness, that was nuts. Uh, it actually made the national news. According to Newsweek, a massive fight involving customers at a Golden Corral restaurant in Pennsylvania saw, saw chairs and tables being thrown across the dining room. Apparently, 40 people were involved in this fight at a Golden Corral. Yes, it's true. I, we had friends and family calling us saying, did you hear about the fight? At Golden Corral in Pennsylvania. Was that close to you? Well, in fact, it was. It was just down the road, only in Philly. <laughs> Don't mess with Philly, right? Turns out the brawl was reportedly over steak. You know it. Don't mess with my steak throw a table at you. Crazy story. But it's a great picture of an exploder. Exploders can't contain their anger. They typically blow up on others. Unfortunately, a lot of times our exploding lands on some of the people that we love the most. And we end up doing and saying things that we later regret. The late pastor Eugene Peterson once told the story of walking through Yellowstone National Park with his wife and three children. Peterson wrote, As my family and I were walking in a mountain meadow in Yellowstone Park, and I just imagine, oh, peaceful, there was a little boy of four or five, about 30 yards out in the meadow, picking exquisite alpine flowers. It is against the rules to pick flowers in national parks. I was outraged. I yelled at him, don't pick the flowers. He just stood wide-eyed, innocent, and terrified. He dropped the flowers and started crying. You can imagine what happened next, Peterson says. My wife and children, my children especially, were all over me. Daddy, what you did was far worse than what he did. He's just a boy. You scared him. You terrified him. He's going to need counseling when he's 40 years old. <laughs> You've ruined him. Peterson knew his children were right. We've all said things in a moment of anger that we've later regretted. The problem is, even after an apology, we can't take those words back. We can't take that moment back. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under some of us are exploders. One of my uh, favorite things about exploders, I'm not an exploder, I am the next one, but one of my favorite things about exploders is you always know what they feel, you always know what they, where they stand. They are not afraid to use their voice to confront a problem. And by the way, I think sometimes that's a good thing. Right? Reminds me of Jesus clearing the temple. Sometimes responding with assertiveness is the Christian thing to do. But what's Proverbs 29 saying? It's saying, when we do that, be wise. 
the wise one keeps himself or herself under control. So if you're an exploder here today, I have a proverb just for you. Proverbs 17, 14 says, the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam. So stop it before it bursts. What a great visual picture. I brought a picture. This photo is from a river that flooded in 2013 near my home in Colorado. A massive uh, and devastating flood. We got so much rain at that time, there was so much water, it began to overwhelm a dam. Uh, a surge of water broke out, sending a flood of water down through a canyon and into our town. It left a wake of dev devastation, overturning cars, houses, all of that. As we feel anger and emotions beginning to rise inside of us, Proverbs reminds us the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam, so stop it before it bursts. Stop it before we explode, before we say and do things we later regret. So for an exploder, this proverb is saying it is wise to stop. Take a break. Take some time. Bring your emotions before the Lord. Being full of anger is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to win that person over to your case. In a fight, we don't want to be full of anger. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. But take five. Take your emotion to God. Some of us are exploders. We're looking at two ways we react. And how do we react in that moment? Some of us explode. There's another way. Some of us are stuffers. Have any stuffers in the house? All my, they're not going to raise their hand. They're stuffing it right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that. No, it's a good point. Stuffers are conflict avoiders. They express their anger inwardly. Oh, stuffers, we still get angry, but we like to deny our anger and we like to bury our anger. And if I'll be honest, I'm much more of a stuffer than an exploder. Where lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Oh. Ha. I used to think if you pretend that the problem doesn't exist, it just goes away. You ever had that feeling? It's kind of like if you have a child who has a messy room, just close the door. It's gone. Problem solved. If only that's how it worked, right? Unfortunately, when we avoid conflict, it doesn't always necessarily go away. An exploder attacks, stuffers avoid. And the stuffers, we're really masters at putting a smile on our face and pretending like the problem doesn't exist. I'm very good at that. It's one of my skills in life. Why do we do that? Maybe it's because we don't like conflict. Maybe it's because we don't like confrontation, or maybe we don't like drama in our life, or maybe, maybe, just maybe, we think that's the Christian thing to do. Does God ever empower us to shake off some of the hurts and difficulties in our life? And God does that. If we follow Jesus. I, I like uh, Proverbs 19.11. It says a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. So the wise person, according to this verse in Proverbs 19.11, 
is someone who's learned how to be slow to anger, overlook an offense, give somebody the benefit of the doubt, forgive, and move on. It's to a person's glory to overlook an offense. And you know, sometimes in life we realize that some things just, weren't, aren't, just aren't worth getting angry over. Like what that person did, it wasn't personal. It, um, it, it annoyed you, it irritated you, but you and I can choose to be gracious to our glory to overlook an offense. So I, I'm, you can tell, like I'm given the positives here. So the exploder on the positive can confront an issue and be direct. I would say the stuffer, the positive on the stuffer is you and I have an amazing ability to be patient and to overlook the offense. We're, we're the ones who are able to say, okay, I'm letting it go. It's not a big deal. But here's the thing as stuffers, speaking as a stuffer, sometimes we say something's not a big deal, but in our heart it really is a big deal. You ever experienced that? Inside it, it hurts. Inside we're crushed. And somebody will say, oh, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Classic stuffer always give you the same four-letter response. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine! Are you? look fine. I'm fine. But a lot of times what's really happening is we're just stuffing the hurt down inside and we're saying fine when we're not really fine. And that means we're not really being honest. Neither with ourselves nor with others. If you're a stuffer, I have a proverb for you. This is my life verse. Proverbs 10, 18. It's not really my life verse, but it's a helpful one. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Really interesting verse. How do those things go together? Concealing and uttering slander. It says the one who conceals hatred. The one who conceals their anger, their offense, their hatred. The one who says they're fine when they're not really fine, it says, that one has lying lips. I'm not really being honest. I'm just stuffing my emotions down inside and lying about how I feel. So we stuff and we stuff and we stuff. We put the smile on our face and we pretend like everything's okay. But it's not. There's a great book that's helped me a lot called Crucial Conversations. And it makes an important point that when we don't talk out our relational challenge with, challenges with others, we begin acting it out. It says if you don't talk those things out, you start to act it out, whether that's just cold, like giving somebody the cold shoulder, whatever that is. But our real hurt feelings start to leak out in our actions, inevitably. And our actions are not going to lie. We're not talking it out. We're acting it out. And to make the connection in this verse between the first half and the second, one of the primary ways we start to act out the offense that we feel inside of us is through our words. Rather than talking to the person, we start to talk about the person. We release our hurt and our frustration through gossip and slander. Oh, you see Jojo? Jojo doesn't know how to do her job. No. Your, my sister, my brother, like, just we begin to talk about the person rather than talk to the person. 
And this proverb says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. So instead of acting it out, we can make the choice to work it out. Rather than reacting to those relationship conflicts, we can become conflict resolvers. What's needed, according to the book that I read, is a crucial conversation. So how do you typically react? Do we have some suffers? Do we have some exploders? What about you? What's your reaction in relational conflict? The idea that I want you to take home today is that resolving is greater than reacting. Wise people don't react to conflict, they resolve their conflict. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can all be resolvers. We can all work through relationship difficulties. God wants to give us the skill and the wisdom to be able to do that. God is all about his children resolving relational conflict. And I want to tell you about four skills from the book of Proverbs that can help you resolve those conflicts in your life. Um, you can take some notes. You can write these down. Number one, first skill for resolving conflict resolution, go to the person. Go to the person. Say, yeah, but I'm going to explode. I'm going to blow up. Like, I am so mad right now. It's fine. If you need some time, take some time. Take a couple of hours. Take a couple of days. You know, um, if you're married, I would recommend not letting the sun go down on your anger. So give the devil a foothold. But take that time you need to pray and to work through those emotions and to allow God to direct your heart and to get your right heart, heart right before the Lord. All that's okay. But if you're in a conflict and it really is a big deal, there really is an issue there, go to that person and work it out. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. You go to that person, not your mom, not your friend, not your coworker. Go to the person. Proverbs 29, 25.9, here's the scripture reference for go to the person. Proverbs 29, 25.9 says, argue your case with your neighbor himself. Bring your issue to the person themselves. When you have a challenge in a relationship with another person, go to the person. Don't avoid it. Don't stuff it. Don't tell your friends about it. Go to the person and resolve it. And what we're really talking about here is the relational skill of assertiveness. Assertiveness is just such an important relational skill for every one of us to have. Uh, we talk about this in our premarital counseling, but I think it applies for all of our relationships. Here's how we define assertiveness. Assertiveness is a person's ability to express their feelings to their partner. You could say, or coworker, friend, family member. Assertiveness is a person's ability to express their feelings to their partner and the ability to ask for what they would like. We're not talking here about aggressiveness talking about assertiveness. It's having the self-awareness to know what you want and need, and then communicating that to another person in an honest and respectful way. And what they've found is that people who practice assertiveness in their relationships have happier relationships, they have better relationships. So this is such an important skill to be able to share what you need, how you're feeling, just in a gentle and compassionate way. So that's skill number one in resolving relationship challenges. Number one, go to the person. Skill number two, talk it out. 
It's life-changing. Actually, it is life-changing because, hey, sometimes don't we try to text it out? Any texters in the room today? Oh, man, it's so much easier just to text it out. Can I text it out? I'm going to text it out with you. Text is the worst way to try to work through an argument. So much miscommunication over text. Text cannot show emotion or empathy or any of those things. So please don't text it out. We want to talk it out. It's all about good communication. Proverbs 15.1 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Exploders, you might want to focus on that first word, gentle. Harsh words stir up anger, but a gentle, gentle words help us to work things out. If you're a, a stuffer avoider, you might want to focus on the next word, answer. What if we answered rather than avoided? Talk it out. A gentle answer turns away wrath. When we have challenges in our relationships with other people, we want to talk it out gently. Don't argue, oh, no, I didn't. Don't avoid, don't attack. You always know we gently deal with the problem. And hey, I think when we all came to Jesus, the first thing we admitted is that we're sinners. You guys remember that? Confessing our sin. Hey, God, I need you to save me. We're all sinners. And one of the gentle things we can do to turn away wrath is to simply apologize. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I was sorry when I did this. That turns away the wrath. As my uh, mentor told me as I was getting married, like, let me give you the secret for a good, a good marriage. So just say this to your wife. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Those are powerful words right there. Work it out. First two skills, go to the person. Number two, talk it out. Number three, hear them out. Hear them out. So Proverbs is going to emphasize the importance of listening in our relationships. Proverbs 18, 13 says, To answer before listening is a folly and a shame. To answer before really listening is a folly and a shame. Proverbs reminds us to listen before we speak. And as a pastor, one of the most powerful things I've learned that I can do is to simply listen to somebody. And when someone feels heard, they feel loved, they feel valued, they feel validated. Sometimes the best way to resolve a conflict is just to shut our mouth and to listen and to reflect back and to show the other person that we've heard what they've said. Have you ever been in a, in a conversation where you just want to yell at the person, you're not listening to me? So frustrating. And all the, all the moms laughed. They have children. Um, it's so frustrating. Let's resist the urge to interrupt. And here's something else. Listen not just to the words that somebody's saying, but also listen for the emotion behind the words. Why? Because when we do that, it creates understanding, it shows we care, and it's incredibly powerful. Sometimes we can't move forward until we stop and listen. And listening is one of the most important relationship skills. So four skills for resolving conflict. Um, 
And again, these are all ones that I've, I've learned over the years, and I'm still growing in these. Number one, go to the person. Number two, talk it out. Number three, hear them out. Last one, work it out. Work it out. I'm not reacting to conflict anymore. I'm not stuffing. I'm not uh, exploding. I'm working out these relational problems with other people. And what's the motivation for this? Proverbs 10, 12 gives us the motivation. The answer is love. It's love. Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Isn't that an amazing passage and a challenging passage? Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Love is a choice that we can make so that we can work out those everyday issues. Now, love doesn't erase all wrongs. It doesn't say that. It says love covers the offense. And that's the power of love. And that's, remember, that's the power of God's love for us. It reminds us of what, of what Jesus did for us. We sang about the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sin. His love has covered our sin. Jesus loved us so much. He came. I mean, talk about relational conflict. Our sin creates a relational conflict between us and God. It creates a separation between sinful people and a holy God. But God saw that and said, I'm coming to earth. I'm taking on humanity. We're working this out. And working it out meant Jesus dying on a cross, paying the penalty for our sin, rising from the dead. And by the way, Christ is coming back again. And the invitation for us is to receive that love to receive his forgiveness so that we can have a reconciled relationship with God. That's what Jesus came to do, to reconcile us to God, to create a friendship with God. And the miracle of all miracles is that his love covers all of our wrongs. You are fully loved and fully accepted. By the way, on this passage, I want to mention that love is not opposed to boundaries. Sometimes a relationship needs a boundary. What's a boundary? A boundary is a limit that we put on a relationship so that love can do its work. Sometimes those boundaries are important and necessary. But I think the heart of it all is that God has worked it out with us. So our heart for another person is always going to be, I want to work it out with you. My ultimate prayer, my ultimate desire, we're praying, loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute, but our, our ultimate desire is, I want to work it out because God worked it out with me. And maybe today that looks like forgiving somebody who's hurt you. Maybe that looks like deciding not to be offended about something. Maybe there's a relationship and there's so much tension in that relationship and you want to walk away, but love's says, I'm going to remain relational. As hard as it is, I'm sticking with this. God worked it out with me, and I want to work it out with the people that God has put in my life. I was just in Colorado last month and uh, had a relationship, hit a snag, and uh, it turned into uh, texts, like it all, you know, like sometimes it does. Uh, it's also called... Uh, Texting, have you heard that word? Fighting over texting. And I wanted to react. I had words to text back, but I took a deep breath and I paused and I said a prayer. 
and I expressed over text, hey, I want to work this out. Next time I saw the person, I immediately brought up the issue. I said, we got, let's work this out. We figured it out. We worked it out. And let me just say, hey, that's not bad for a conflict avoider. Because that's who I was. God is transforming my life. Not to be a conflict avoider. Not to be a conflict seeker. But to be a conflict resolver. We all want to react sometimes. But Proverbs is teaching us that resolving is greater than reacting. And the promise of Proverbs, which is just mind-blowing, Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord. When you're in my ways, please the Lord. He makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. Are you kidding? God's going to give us wisdom. So even, there's even more peace in our relationships with people who we would consider the most difficult people, our enemies. That's the promise of Proverbs. God wants to give us the wisdom and the skill to have that kind of relational peace in our life. And today you've been hanging out with us at Hope Community Church, gaining skill and wisdom from the book of Proverbs for relationship conflicts and resolution. And what are those skills? We're going to go to the person. We're going to, thank you, talk it out, hear them out, and work it out. So simple, but so powerful as we put that into practice. Let me pray for you. And we'll close with, a, close with a song as we come to God and allow him to work in our hearts. God, thank you for your incredible love. And even when we were far from you, even when we uh, were rebelling against you, you loved us so much that you crossed the divide of heaven and earth. You laid down your life. You said, I forgive you and I love you. And we find ourselves in situations where we are hurting, where we are crushed, there are relationships where we wonder if there's any hope. But God, we know that you're the God who made the universe with a word. You are the God that brings life out of dead places. And so we ask you today to work in our hearts so that when we're frustrated and angry, God, help us by the power of your Holy Spirit not to react, but to move forward with wisdom and love to work through the, the difficulties. God, we love each other through all of these challenges in our relationships. Many times we don't feel love, so God, we pray that you would help us to receive that unconditional love from you and to know that we're fully accepted, fully embraced, fully forgiven, and remind us that we're more than conquerors because of your love. We can go into those situations as reconciled. Teach us how to do that. Give us the strength, wisdom, and skill that we need. We humble ourselves before you this morning. Would you heal our hearts? Would you heal the brokenness in our lives? Would you remove the splinters of pain from the past and make all things new? In Jesus' powerful and mighty name.
Amen.